This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, Pastor Matt shows us how the Christian abiding in the love of God can live in the world but not be part of the world. Hey there, everyone. This is Pastor Matt Grimm at Cornerstone Presbyterian Church. I'm here with Thad Keenel, and we are having our planted podcast once again. What's going on, Thad? Oh, there's lots of good things happening. It's good to be here. I uh, was thinking on the way here that we would zip through this chapter and finish it up, but after we had three minutes of conversation, it doesn't feel like we will now. <laughs> yeah. We always have a little conversation before show about what we're going to do. And we, we've shared before that we study, you know, separately and really don't discuss a whole lot before we really just show up here and you come in my office and we get set up and we start talking and we're like, oh, we can get this far. Well, maybe not. Well, we'll see. <laughs> so The only way that we would ever do that is if we just read it and said the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's so much richness to this book, you know? Yeah, there is. It's so... Yeah, and, and you know we've uh, talked about how it, it, with this we want to go through the letter. We're also really wanting to try to highlight ways this can help our witness as we desire to um, share the good news with others. Just as as at the beginning, John talks about he and the other apostles um, just have the strong desire to proclaim the eternal life, which is Jesus, uh, and so that they so that others would have fellowship with them, and their fellowship was with the Father and the Son. And so we've talked about this idea of how do we um, walk in the light? How do we walk in fellowship with, with God as, as John is bringing this up and, and really trying to distinguish between those who are and those who aren't? And th- when we think about the occasion of this letter, that's one of the things that is here, and which I think will really come out more today as uh, the concern of those who are being led astray uh, into the darkness by, by deceit, um, and by by being encouraged or even allowed to follow after other things. And so as we uh, have talked in the past about what it means to keep his commands, to stay loyal in our love for God, uh, and, uh, and by being obedient to the things of Jesus, and which means... Uh, and some of that is is being able to confess what's true about God and what's true about ourselves. We've talked about that a lot. We exactly. the truly the the true followers of Jesus are quick to repent, uh, quick to get back on the path. Uh, uh, even it doesn't mean we're perfect. We're, we're, it's not saying we're without sin, but we uh, should be quick to when darkness is pointed out and when we see that we are not loving our brother, that we are quick to uh, acknowledge that, uh, confess, come back. And, and walk with him. And so we ended last week uh, getting through, I think, chap, uh, chapter 2, verse 17. And we'll, we'll probably start back reading 15 again. But in that little section, you know, we, we talked about what it means, uh, distinguish, I think we spent a lot of time distinguishing what the world is and the desire and how that relates to the desires of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, and, and this world that's passing away. And we, we'll probably get into that a little bit again today. Uh, but we didn't necessarily focus a lot on what uh, on just the the love for God, and, and you had some thoughts before the show about this the, the word love and how it can how it relates to to both God. But how could it how could it even how can it be used? How can that same Greek word be used of loving the world? Yeah, so right. Well, what's neat about the Greek language is that 
there's several forms of the word love, right? Mm -hmm. And so different words that describe love and there are different types of love. We have one word, love. And I, and I can say I love pizza and I can say I love my wife and right. I mean it in different ways. Exactly. Right. But the Greek is pretty specific when it uses it. I think most Christians are familiar with the word agape. We think of that, you know, the supreme love that we're to have for God and God when he loves us, it's with that agape love, that right? Self-sacrificial yeah. love, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. But then when it says, do not love the world or the things in the world, it's still using that word agape. And it's like, isn't that a godly love? You know, so how does, where's the conflict in that? And right. so when I looked up that that word, it doesn't necessarily mean a godly love. It just means a supreme love. In other words, uh, where you, when you're loving the things of this world more than you're loving God, then then your life's out of balance, right? Right. And it also uh, one of the things that I looked at as you get further down the definitions is it spoke of attaching oneself to. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at it, do not attach yourself to the things of this world, right? Right. Because all all of that, the things that we attach ourselves to we end up worshiping. Right? right. And so that's, that's one of the things that I wanted to distinguish in my own reading of this is what that word love means here and why it contradicts the love of the father that would be in us or not be in us when we're serving that. And it's the fact of the matter is, is God won't let us serve another God. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's, that's it. And so when you look at the love of God and our relationship to him, the stakes are high, right? Right. I mean, they really are because I mean, the when you read throughout the scriptures, there's the kingdom of God and then there's the kingdom of this world, and these kingdoms are at war, right, with each other. And you, you know, you can only serve one king. I mean, all of these, all these different metaphorical ways of speaking and analogies are really to show us that there's one supreme king, the Lord Creator God, His Son Jesus Christ, whom He sent to die for our sins. Because that supreme love that he sent and paid for our sins with is the greatest action and showing of love yeah. that's possible. And so the only way to properly respond is in that same love for our creator, right? right. And so when we, when we push that away from us, when we suppress that truth and we start worshiping the things or, or coveting or lusting after these things that we read back in yeah. the verses from last week— um, the, our life gets uh, not only out, out of balance, but it can separate true believers from non-believers. Right, right. Yeah, and I think and we've said this in other contexts uh, on our show in different seasons, is that there's no middle ground on the, in the Bible. Right. You know, and I think a lot of people try to think of themselves, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm not a bad person. And, right. and you know, or I'm not evil, <laughs> right? But... But if you're not with Christ, if it, you know, and, and then the Bible's pretty clear. Well, we're uh, going to get into on, some of that, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. We're getting that some today. But the other thing, as it relates to the love in that word agape, you know, it, it can mean to have like this high esteem and, and, and satisfaction with something, you know. Sure. And 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 so the, again, I think we even did mention this a little bit last week in terms of the question is is not love itself; it's what is the object of the love? Right. And and we did talk about that last week. And I think that's a great way to, to look at that with what you're saying is in it and it is this deep attachment to that in some senses, uh, that when you when you're practicing a love on a certain thing, you are worshiping that which you're setting it upon. Right. And we right? Should, we should also make the distinction is that we're not 
saying that the things of this world are in and of themselves evil, right? right. Or to utilize them as tools or whatever right. are is, are evil in of themselves. It's what you're attaching yourself to, or well, uh, yeah. You know. And it's when you when you believe that that those things satisfy satisfy or, or you draw life from them, right? Uh, the the eternal life which they proclaim is in is in Jesus, the one who has fellowship with the Father, which we're going to talk about that today. That when you try to draw life, satisfaction, security, sustenance from anything else, yeah. um, though it might be a good thing, maybe you have a very good job and maybe your job produces very nice things, um, but when the job is your source of life, uh, and you don't understand that it is a gift of God and that you have a stewardship under God to live that out well, uh, yeah, then, then you know, when that job's lost, you're lost, you know? <laughs> uh, and so, so, yeah, I think that's a great thing to point out. Thanks for sharing that with us. So with that, why don't you go ahead and reread those verses, which we're just referencing there, and let's, uh, let's read all the way through verse twenty. Seven of chapter two, and maybe we can uh, astonish ourselves and get all the way through that today. We'll see. <laughs> that sounds good. Okay, yeah. so let's read, and we'll begin in First John chapter two, verse fifteen. And I'm reading from the New King James version, and it says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life." is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made that it might be made manifest that none of them were of us but you have an anointing from the holy one and you know all things i have not written to you because you do not know the truth but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth who is a liar but he who denies that jesus is the christ he is antichrist who denies the father and the son whoever denies the son does not have the father either he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. Let's pray. Father, uh, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray for your help, uh, for understanding, for guidance and wisdom, and uh, having this discussion around your word. We pray you would transform Thad and I uh, with, with these truths, and with uh, the listeners as well, Lord, that we would be more and more conformed to your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, there's a lot here, but it's so interrelated. Um, It's going to be hard to know when to cut 
cut ourselves off a little bit. Um, we'll just but, keep talking. I'll press yeah. stop. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I I think I, I do want to kind of jump we jump into verse eighteen, um, but we we do see that it's still related to these verses fifteen seventeen which you've already discussed and and um, especially as we think about our discussion last time about the world that is passing away. So that this these different ages that we see in the scripture, the the world that's passing away is one age, sometimes described as the present evil age in other places, and then we have the new age, the coming kingdom, which is already inaugurated, and there's an overlap here between the two. One's still around, but it's passing away as evidence through the resurrection. It's been defeated. The world of death. Um, uh, has been defeated, and then the 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 new world that the new age that's coming in, and and this term the last hour, sometimes in other places called the last days. It's this last hour that is, I, I think, talking about this overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the we we know we're in the last days. We're nowhere in the last hour because we have this uh, overlap, and there with that overlap are there are signs. There are signs that. There is um, when the new kingdom has come in and broken in, the enemy of that kingdom is not going to be happy, right? And and and, and is is working to go out and set out and deceive and and draw people away. Uh, and so uh, so when we when it says here, children, it's the last hour, and as you've heard, the antichrist is coming. So many, so now many antichrists have come. That what word antichrist is just it's one of those loaded Christian words that uh, and terms that when people hear it, they've probably heard a sermon on it. They've heard they've watched YouTube videos about it. They've they you know then there's everything from Thessalonians to Revelation to um, uh, you know other apocalyptic passages of the Bible. It just comes in like and we have this very specific idea sometimes of an antichrist as this. It's a sign of the end times, right? right? And, yeah. and and I think we need to be we need to open ourselves up to what John has to say to us here about this, right? Right. So I I just wanted I think it's worth pointing out that I was reading from the New King James Version, which um, works from the Masoretic text um, on on some of this. I believe that's correct, mm-hmm. um, or the majority text, and um, the uh, way that this reads and. The version that I read, it says, as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Mm-hmm. Coming. Now, the Nessie Allen version of this, the ESVs and the NASBs of the world, does not have the direct article of right. the inside of it. So, But it, it kind of still means, as you may have heard, Antichrist is coming. Okay, so... And it also shows in there that there's been many antichrists. So, well, wait a minute. How many antichrists are we dealing with here? Exactly. And so that's that's kind of what I want to get into here a little bit, thinking um, theologically and I would say eschatologically about the scriptures. And I think we've, we've mentioned this a little bit how before about how the entire Bible is eschatological. It's always forward-looking, looking forward as it relates to and as as it relates to these two ages we have here. So we have the two ages, and we have this um, Antichrist, as it says here, is they have heard. So even the people that John is writing to, these communities that he's writing to, 
he's acknowledging that they have heard about an antichrist, right? So it's possible that John is aware uh, that maybe some of Paul's letters are have circulated among uh, the, uh, the communities he's writing to, because it's very likely Asia Minor, um, the Ephesus region, you know, and if you think about some of the Paul's letters going there, so it could be that, it could be just be knowing that the apostles and the, and the teachers have been teaching about this, sure. and right. so he acknowledges that. Uh, and and we'll, we'll pick up on that a little bit here, but, but I think it's important as he acknowledges that, he says, so now many antichrists have come. And as we think about the way the scriptures unfold, we often have these things that happen that point to a future happening that are true in and of themselves. They happen. Uh, predictions even of the scriptures, uh, prophecies of someone coming and they come or a judgment of God and it comes. But it's not the final judgment. It's right. not the final. So we have... These, day, these visitations of God, these judgments of God, these words spoken of holding people to the covenant in the Old Testament and the consequences of not doing so, like the exile and the destruction of, of um, Jerusalem and all these different things, uh, which happened more than once, by the way, right? <laughs> sure. We had it in the, in the exile in the Old Testament. We happened again in 70 AD, which um, whether that's happened here when John's writing this, it's likely, but... That's neither here nor there as it relates to this, but the point is, is that he's saying so many antichrists have come. Uh, the, the, the idea being, what are you, are you focusing on your present reality and understanding what's there now, or are we just focusing on trying to figure out when Jesus is coming back? Right. And, and right. I think part of the, the mentality he wants to have here is that uh, what's drawing people away? And whether it's the final Antichrist, if there's to be one, uh, or, or, or just a present false teacher who's not declaring Jesus, that, that should be the focus. I think you're exactly right. And uh, if we stick with this context, I mean, even when you, you start reading this, it says it's the last hour. Well, we know we're not dealing with just 60 minutes because this book was over and done with a long time ago, if that was the case, right? Exactly. So at any point in time, what this is speaking of is through, I think we can just call it through the church age, yes. through, through through Christian history. So from the time of the ascension of Christ through on the writing of John and until the Lord returns, there are going to be those that are believers and non-believers. There's going to be teachers that are teachers of righteousness and unrighteousness, and those are what we're looking at here. Those who are teaching false hoods about Christ or false gospel messages, that is the spirit of Antichrist. Right. Yeah. And so if we jump, if we just jump down quickly to verse 22, he defines this for us. He says, who is the liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the father and the son. Right. And so, um, kind of clear, there can be many Antichrists, anyone who's denying the father and the son is and is who's not holding that Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one who came, and and we would say who's presently ruling at the right hand of the Father, who's Correct. who's exhibiting his messiahship, sure. his authority over the nations, uh, in his in his ruling uh, through the church, that 
do we need any other definition? Do we need to look towards anything else? So if you have an antichrist in your midst right now, somebody who is, is, who's trying to have influence by teaching something other than the true message of the gospel, the true good news of the risen Savior Jesus, then you have an antichrist on your hands. That's exactly right. And this letter, if we recall, if we go right back to the beginning, we talked about that Gnostic teaching that was teaching falsehoods right. about, about who Jesus was, and that is really what is being pointed to here because the the false teachers are the ones who are going to be held accountable <laughs> primarily. Of course, if you deny Christ as being your savior, um, you will be held accountable for that lack of, you know, that lack of belief or unbelief. But really the teachers here who are spreading and pressing for people to believe the lie, this is, this is antichrist, right? This is really what it is, and it goes all the way back to the beginning of the letter too. Those who are, you know, don't believe all the spirit, all right. the, all those who are teaching, right? But test them. Yeah, and so it's the presence of this opposition is one of the ways we know we're in the last days because it's that very opposition that shows that the, these two kingdoms are coming against each other. These two ages are there, and it's in the presence of those two ages where there is this conflict. And so, uh, so therefore, we know that it's the last hour. And then verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. So we see that there's the, it seems to be that these false teachers uh, or these people who are spreading something, some kind of lies, originated from within because they, they are obviously, they know something of Jesus, especially when you think about this Gnostic stuff. They're probably trying to syncretize Jesus with their Greek philosophy, or they're, they're trying to do something, but they're, in doing so, they're denying his deity um, or, or, his, his, or his humanity, one of the, one of the two, yeah, right. or they're denying that he is the one who brings us back into fellowship with God so in, 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 in any of those cases. So um, they went out from us, but they were not of us. Now, how can you, be, how can you go out from someone but be not of them? Well, it, it all comes down to who you belong to. Right, exactly. Right? And so, and this and this goes back to our season three, as we, we were talking about, you know, the perseverance of the saints, and 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 uh, how do we know who's truly a Christian and who's not? And what if someone at some time confesses Jesus, but then later on they've changed that confession in some way? And I, I know some people who they've initially kind of hear the gospel and they come and they confess, and then they they start. Um, listening to some other teaching and other things, and they start, now what, what you thought they believed is actually distorted. And they, they start, why would some people start accepting some, something else than what it is? Well, it, it's, they're kind of like the, the parable of the soils, right? Something initially sprouts up, but they get, it gets choked away by something else, or they, it gets carried off you know, in some other way. And I think that's what's happening here, is the, uh, the, 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 se- the seed is not... Full, becoming fully mature. Well, and our human nature is to um, lean towards things that appeal to us. So if something sounds good to us, um, then we might lean that way. But as Christians, we are held accountable to what the Word of God says alone. Mm-hmm. And so to, to add something to that um, or to deny something because it feels right or it sounds better to us because we want God to have more personality like I have— <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's right. exactly what this is. That's that describes every aspect of 
of our fallen nature when we are serving these other gods. And that's what I thought it was also referring to. Do not love the things of the world or do not love the world or the things in the world. That includes the philosophies yes. of this world, not just objects and gold and all that, but the philosophies, right? Right. It, it, it does. And so it's very interesting that in this whole section, which we've read, we have the issue of the antichrist, which is people who are teaching or professing something other than then you have the other pe- the people who are being led astray by them and what they're exhibiting, but then you have those who are holding to the truth, and, and so uh, and and then what that and what that truth looks like, and so we'll kind of get into all that. But here in in uh, verse nineteen, he says they would have continued with us, but they went out. They might have been that it might become plain that they are all not of us, right. and so that's where. Like I say this a lot as a pastor, I can't look into anybody's heart and mind. We've talked about this before and know if someone's saved. I have to look towards someone's fruit. I listen to their confession, right? I, I want to hear the words they say, but I also want to look at the life they leave. And I think that's what John's been talking about. It is we witness in word and in deed because I, I need to does, – does our lives line up to the word? Now, we know it, it doesn't always – it does it perfectly. Um, it's, it's an ongoing process that we do, but – there is the there should be those signs and evidences, and especially when the truth is taught, is there agreement with it? You know, do, do, are, or are people trying to come in and say, "Well, actually, I think I think it says this," and it and it doesn't line up with who Jesus is and mm-hmm. who God is, right? Right. So, so therefore, he says in verse twenty, "But you've been anointed by the Holy One, and you all." Have knowledge. And it doesn't say you have all knowledge. It says you all have knowledge. What's he talking about there? Well, he goes on to explain this a little bit. So we need to we need to. Um, but there are some manuscripts that even there they say you you all know. It does say you all know everything. Well, that's what the King James yeah. version does say. That, and you know all things. Yeah. Right. And so what what is it? What is that? If it is the all things, what's the all things? Is that does that mean the entirety of all knowledge that there is to know about anything? Does that mean that you become omniscient? Uh, no, obviously, no, there's no, a reference point right, here. Yeah, the reference is going to be in in the gospel that you've heard and the truth of what's been told to you from Christ and from the apostles. Right. Um, it's all been spoken to you. There's there's no reason now to leave these foundational things and go on to something that's not part of the the truth. Right. Exactly. And so in verse 21, I write to you not because you do not know the truth. But because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth, who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? We we got to that. So he's he's saying he's in such, it's kind of his way of saying I'm reminding you of what you already know, <laughs> uh, because that's what we have to focus on. Don't be don't be led astray by these other things you heard. You are you've already heard this. You know this. Stay true to what you know. Well, this is the only way that we can love Jesus. Yes. Is to know him properly, right? right? I mean, to know him is to love him, we say, right? And when we respond to his commandments, um, like, for example, in, in Jesus and in, in, in the Gospel of John, he says, my sheep hear my voice, right? you know, and they listen to me. Well, exactly. why do we do that? Well, because the shepherd loves the sheep and the sheep respond in, in like kind. So um, those of us who belong to Jesus, we ha- we must be responsive uh, to the call of Christ and to to his truth. Exactly. And so it, verse 23 should sound familiar in some ways to the Gospel of John. It says, No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the, fa- the Son has the Father also. So if, if, we, if we think back to the Gospel of John, 
and we think about some of the I am statements of Jesus, this comes out. So in John chapter 8, when, he's talk, when he tells his disciples um, and, and others that I'm the light of the world, right? Uh, and then he says uh, within that, he, in his defense of this, he says in verse 18 of John chapter 8, I'm the one who testifies concerning my, myself and the Father who sent me testifies concerning me. And so they were saying to him, where is your father? And Jesus replied, you, neither, you know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would all have known my father also. Wow, it goes right back to the Colossians. Yeah. One stuff that we talked about, right? He's the, he is the expressed image of the father. Exactly. That was in the season two, uh, <laughs> our Colossians series. But yeah, so Jesus, so Jesus is known for saying this. If you have known me, you would know the Father also. And so, so if anyone's denying the Son, they're denying the Father. Uh, and so that's, and that becomes very interesting in, in some of the discussions sure. I've had with, with uh, Mormon missionaries who come to my house, right? That, they, that they, um, they talk about the Father and the Son, and they do all this stuff, but yet they don't want to acknowledge the—they don't have a full concept of the deity— uh, of the of the sun in, in in the way that we would uh, you know uh, because they would say well we can become gods too someday over right. our own planet yeah. and all those kind of things but but the point is is that when you don't have the right view of the sun um, you also don't have a right view of the father you're not going to know the father without the son because Jesus says that's how you're going to know him uh, and and come to know him and, and be back with him so in another place mm. where this happens in the Gospel of John is in John 14 uh, uh, where uh, Jesus is um, in this is in part of the upper room discourse and he's talking about um, going to be with the Father he's, he's, he's going to send the Holy Spirit and all these things but he's talking about going to be with the Father and so Philip is asking him well um, you know, how do we how do we know what what's going on here? Um, yeah, verse he eight was, just shows the father. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he was just shows the father. But what he says before that, Jesus, when he 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 says in verse six, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." So mm-hmm. it's another one of these "I am" statements. I'm the way and the truth, of life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. The very same words again, right? If you know me, you know my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Right. And, and here they, we have that word know, again, being that more intimate type of knowledge, not just that you knew me personally type of thing, right? Yeah, it's, it's gnosko, right? Yeah, it, it is. And so we have the, and then verse 8, well, show us the Father, right? That's <laughs> exactly what he says. And, and he, Jesus goes, am I with you? So long a time, and you've not known me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say that I say to you, I do not speak for myself, but for the Father residing in me does his works. Um, but so Jesus it's, it's, it's things like this that actually ends up getting Jesus crucified because he so associates himself with the Father, right? That, that's, the, that's the thing that, that is the greatest irritation, you know, to the chief priests and the, and the Pharisees and so forth is that this can't be because they have no concept of, of, of 
being able to reconcile this in their minds. Right. But for Jesus, he's like, no, I this is this is who I am. Right. And if you want to know the Father, you need to know him. And so, therefore, when we deny the Son, or anyone, if anyone denies the Son, you're denying the Father. And I, I think people would say, well, wait a minute, I believe in God. But right. I don't believe that that but I don't believe that I need Jesus to have died for my sins. Right or, or or you know I don't think that Jesus really rose from the dead or or you know there's no or here's another one what's there's there's no difference between the God of Christianity or the God of yeah, Islam just, just, as long as you believe in God it's no it's which God right. and Christ has expressed um, the specific of what that is in that John fourteen I am the way the truth and the life and you right. can't. You, you don't really believe in God unless you believe in Jesus Christ. It is as simple and as black and white as that. And that's because the Father is one and one with the Son, that perfect union between right. the Father and the Son. But here's the best part about this. A couple chapters later, what we're going to learn is that Jesus is not only saying that he's in union with the Father, but that we may be too. He, he asked the Father right. in his high priestly prayer, you know, that they may exactly. be one with me and you as we are one with each other. Exactly, and that way, and that's how John opens this letter too, yeah. right? That we might have fellowship with, with this, oh. with the Father as the as the Son has with the Father, and so, at, as we continue to consider the implications of this, I think it's important to think about, especially as we talk about evangelism and witnessing, because I know sometimes people think, well, you know, do we really need to witness to the to the Jews, because we worship the same God. They're, they're, they're worshiping Yahweh, and we're just worshiping Yahweh through Jesus, right? And so, um, is, is it, are Christians and Jews who don't profess Jesus, are they worshiping the same God? Uh, they're not, and that's why Jesus said that this gospel message needs to go first to the Jews. Yes. Right? Because, right. It, because the truth is that the fulfillment of what they had been learning for the previous 2,000 years or, or longer— um, is fulfilled in Christ, being yeah. manifest as God in the flesh, right. and that He is the propitiation for sins, not the Lamb that right. was sacrificed in right. the in the ta- in the tabernacle. Right, and so to deny the Son is to deny the Father. It is, and when when our Jewish friends don't accept the Son as the Son of God, accept Jesus as the Messiah, the true Son of God. They're denying the Father. They're denying Yahweh, uh, and, and which is, um, it's, it's, it's got to be really hard to hear, but we'd have to tell the truth, right? If, if we don't accept that, then we're lying and we're becoming an antichrist, right? and we don't want to do that. Yeah, right? exactly. They're, they're actually denying the one that they're waiting for, the Messiah that they yes. think is coming in the future. They're denying the one that did come and fulfill right. you know, you know, the... Uh, the one who came, the anointed son of God as the Messiah right. that they should be worshiping. And there's, you know, don't get us wrong, f- folks, because there's plenty of Jewish people that do believe oh, absolutely. in Jesus Christ, right? They're they're coming to the Lord as fast as the rest of the world is. Um, that's all, exactly. it's all part of all the nations. Yeah. We're just talking about those who resist and deny uh, right. and, and actually become antichrist by saying, no, we don't. But, I mean, but that's they're, they're okay, but they're the that's the God of the Bible that they're believing in. I, I guess I could understand it maybe with, you know, a Hindu person that has their gods, or right. I mean, I mean, how far away do you? How many degrees of separation do you have before you're lacking truth? <laughs> uh, 
how 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 small can a decimal go? <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. As soon as, uh, as, soon as, as, soon as you, you stray away, because that that which, that's a great lead-in. Because in verse twenty-four, he says, "Let what you've heard from the beginning abide in you." So when you hear the that gospel core central central truth that Jesus is the Messiah, He is the way back to the Father. He is that. That's only going to grow and flourish. If 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 it start to stray away from it, even by the most minute little points, like oh well, he just appeared as like a, a ghostly figure because because God really can't become, um, he can't really become flesh. You know, when you start denying those things, you're starting to stray into false teaching, right? Yeah. And and with that, the, there is um, a lot of error that comes in. So he says. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, that dwells in you, lives in you, it's going to continue in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. Mm-hmm. And that it's it's all wrapped up in Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, that those core elements of, of his life and ministry, of his sacrifice and his victory that we hold to. And when we stray from that in any way, that that God became the human one, and the human one died for our sins, and the and 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 is reigning at the right hand of the Father after His resurrection, then you're not understanding the Yahweh Himself, the the God Himself, right, right. because this is His provision. This is what this is what He. This is who he became for us, right? Exactly. And maybe you've already said this, but it just um, sunk in a little bit deeper for me. But here in this 24 and 25, uh, that which you have heard from the beginning, if you heard that from the beginning um, also abides in you, that's the opening of First John. That which exactly. was from the beginning. Exactly. So it's not only talking about the gospel message, it's talking about from the beginning of creation in, in this episode, right? Because Christ is eternal. He is eternal, and that we, and we talked about this in the first episode that, that right. he's both eternal, but he also had a starting point here with the, his birth, you know, on Earth, right? And so that it, it, it's this both and idea that he is the eternal one, but this eternal one also came in here, and I think here that each of us had a starting point of faith. We had this call, and we had this regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. Each of us had a beginning in our belief where this was opened up to us. Yeah, that's true, because you know? the faith comes by hearing and that of the gospel. That which you have heard from the beginning, that's the gospel, that when you first heard it. Right. So, so that, yeah, so it's all that. Yeah. And the, the cool thing is, is that when we hear and we receive by faith through, through God's grace alone, we all of a sudden become participants in the eternal, because we have eternal life. So we start entering into this fellowship that was from the beginning. Mm. So even though Jesus, the incarnate Son, had a beginning as a human, he also, but he was with the Father from the beginning. So he had a beginning as a human, but he was eternally with the Father from the very beginning. And we, when we have our beginning of hearing the gospel and coming to faith, we all of a sudden get wrapped up into that whole story. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So verse 28, I think we're at verse 26, we're going to get to it. We're, we are. we're going to do it today, Thad. It says, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. So that refers back, he's referring back to the Antichrists. Correct. And to those that are leaving with them, right? And so... Uh, why does John need to write about these things? Because he wants to let them 
say, basically say, back to our opening conversation, which side are you on? Right? He's trusting. I'm writing to you. You know the truth. I've preached it to you. I, I believe you've held, you've, from the beginning, you have this. And we know God's not going to let him go. But what's the evidence that we know that God's not letting him, that, 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 that they, were, they really did have that first birth, mm-hmm. right? He says, but the anointing that you receive, what's this anointing? Because he, he talked about it earlier, about the fact that we've been anointed by the Holy One. We didn't really get into that, but he brings it up again here. So we need to ask, what's this anointing of the Holy One that he's talking about? What do you think's going on here, Thad? The anointing that you received from him abides in you. So the from him must be by the, whole, the same as by the Holy One. So we've been anointed from him who is the Holy One, back up in verse 20. Sure. Here, um, what is this anointing? Yeah, I would, I would, and I, I did not look this up, so I, there's a chance I'm going to get this okay. wrong from the, the, the master commentators. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. I know that which abides in me is the Spirit of Christ. Right. Who? And going back to... The, the upper room, after he talks about, to tells Peter, not tells Peter, tells Philip, if you know the Father, you know me, he says that I'm going to send you one, and the one he's going to send is the Holy Spirit, and what's the Holy Spirit's going to do? Well, he, the Holy Spirit has a title, he's called the Spirit of Truth, mm-hmm. and he's going to lead you into all truth. Right. He's going to be your counselor, right? And so, um, so the anointing is that of the Spirit, but the anointing is, I think, also the anointing is the reception of the truth. And so it is the fact that we have been, you know, the... Um, to be able to properly receive it. Yes. You know, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the same gospel message goes out to two people, but one, it's received um, properly in truth. The other one, it's rejected, right? So it's, right. The, same, it's the same word or, right. or gospel, but... There's one's not anointed. <laughs> right. Well, who brought the truth in the first place? The anointed one, Jesus, right? Right. who's the Messiah. Yeah, so that would be worth mentioning. So the anointing is the Messiah, but it's also the Greek word for Messiah is Christo or, or the Christ, right. right? Yeah. So that would uh, that would fit in there. So that is an, a form of the word Christ, I would imagine, in there, the Christ. Yeah, I, I, need to, I need to look that up here, actually. I need to go back to 1 John. Um, I can do it. Really. And see that... Uh, I did not happen to look that that up. It, it's Christmas, yeah, yeah. It, 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 so it's, it definitely is. The but what's interesting here, I think, is the when it says, "But as in in the second half of verse twenty-seven, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, that his anointing is is Jesus. So Jesus, the anointed the anointed one, teaches, uh, and it's interesting, you know. When, when the apostles are sent out, they're anointed <laughs> to, to teach and truth right. that, that we, we are anointed with the Holy Spirit where you know we to to be able to receive and understand these things there is this one sent from God, one anointed by God and we we receive that so we have to receive him and he is the message as we've talked about and so and he is, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so all this is, uh, again, leading us back to the fact that where he says, um, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it is taught you, abide in 
Abiding in him. Right. Yeah. And so there's a there's like this deep connection to abiding in, dwelling in Jesus as it relates to the truth. So what is what does it mean to abide in him? Some some translations have remain in him. So how does that how does this relate to truth and lies? Well, I'm going to just go back to the analogy of abiding in Christ. There's the the word picture of uh, we are the branches and he is the vine, yes, right? Which right. means that we have our sustenance in the true vine, which is the foundation of the branch. Yes. Right? And so if that branch decides to jump off the vine and make his way on his own, <laughs> there's not going to be any life in that branch. No, there's not going to be that same spiritual flowing of, right. of, of Christ or the spirit into that, uh, into that person that would decide to leave. But um, I lost my train of thought and I want to, I, I have to change gears while I think of this okay. because I, I, I try to take this literally and I, I'm finding that there's somebody out there has to have made this argument, but in the, and I don't have my verse, it's either be 26 or 27. It says, um, and you do not need that anyone teach you. Yeah. I mean, why do we go to, if that's true, why, <laughs> what am I doing going to church and listening to a pastor or, right. or all that stuff? I mean, can't I just do this on my own? I got the anointing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess we should just shut down the podcast and- <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go hit the, the ski slope somewhere. Right. Why well, worry I'm sh- about it? Anymore? I'm sure that's not what that means. So, <laughs> I, I, apparently, I think what is being said here, and, and correct me or add to me if uh, if you think it needs it, is that what we've been talking about here is the the powerful misleading and misguiding of those who are teaching anti-gospel or anti-Christian messages, right? Yeah. And so, what the word is saying here is that you don't need uh, people from outside and that information that's coming in, that's not already part of the gospel truth. Right. Right. Yeah. Does that yeah. seem like, yeah, it does. It does. I, I'm actually just going to go ahead and I'm going to read from the, um, uh, the ESV evangelical commentary. I think the author of the first John is Ray Van Nesty. And he, he writes this much mischief has been made with John's statement that his readers have no need for anyone to teach them. He is not rejecting any place for human teachers. To do so would be to undercut the very letter he is writing. (laughs) Furthermore, this would fly in the face of consistent biblical witness concerning the need for teachers. Rather, he is saying that they do not need anyone to lay again the basic foundation of their faith. They have that foundation in the teaching with which John instructed them, and that truth will guide them. In direct pastoral appeal, John assures them that they are not without knowledge. So they need not let anyone come in and tell them to start all over again. Rather, they certainly have enough truth to discern the error of these false teachers and to recognize their need to abide in God, Father and Son. Okay. And so I think yeah. that's well said. And, and with that, I, I want to kind of emphasize this idea that it doesn't mean we shouldn't go back and revisit the gospel right. at times. Right, right, But it, what, it, what it does is mean when somebody comes and, and, and says, well, actually, you know, the gospel you know, is, is, is this. And, and they're, they're, they, they come back and say, well, you need this other thing. And you say, no. 
No, you ha- if you know Jesus is the Messiah, and you know he died for your sins, and you know he, he rose again, and he know he, he's, br- he's the way to bring you into fellowship with God, you don't need any other foundation. It's not Jesus plus something else, or it's not something before Jesus. Well, in order, you know, that that's what I think he's he's saying yeah, here, right? right. Yeah, right. Yep. I, I did stretch it a little bit, even in the way I was trying to define it. But yeah, you're exactly right there, that the, the, the firm foundation are the main and the plain teachings of the gospel, right? Yeah. And so when people say, man, there's so many difficult things in the scriptures, I mean, how do I know it's truth? Well, first you focus on the main and plain things, right? right? And then you can wrestle right. through some of the more difficult things. And even then you need to be able to have support. So if you read one verse that sounds like it's contrary to something that's a true gospel messenger that you're familiar with, that doesn't stand alone out there by itself. It needs to have right. foundation from from other things. And it says, it, in fact, one of the definitions is that something that stands on its own out there is not tenable on its own. Right. It needs foundation. Right. Exactly. And support from the other scriptures, right? Yeah. So that's why we... And there the are a few that are coming to mind right now, but that's going to take us on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, well, we, we, but, <laughs> we, we wrestle through those because they're, they're right. fun to wrestle through and we want to reconcile them yeah. to God's truth as as followers. And so um, that's, that's but, really good. But just a reference for you, if you've not listened to our season one on the Word of God, we actually have some discussions about this on, on our Bibliology, the Nature of God's Word, and that there... That there are it's not that there aren't things that we need to understand, but but the main plain truth of the gospel comes comes through clear. And it, it is uh it, there should be no doubt if you read the scriptures what that main thing is. Right. And so that revelation of God through the word about his good news um is not hidden. Uh and, and the Holy Spirit uses that to call people. And so I encourage you to go back and, and listen to some of those as we as we talk about the nature of God's word and we get into that a little more detail if you if you're interested in that conversation. So as we consider this, uh let's just uh reflect back on a few things here as it relates again to um the Antichrist. I, I want to encourage people that rather than concerning yourself with this as trying to predict the future coming of Christ. I just want to remind people, the only thing that we're to be looking at and focusing on is Jesus himself. That's part of even back to the end of this, just abide in him. If we abide in him and we're looking for him, when he returns, we will be with him. We don't have to go out there looking for some other sign. The only sign we need to focus on is the appearing of Jesus. And if we're abiding in him and staying true to him, we will not miss that. Uh, and so uh, then as we, as we go back to the professing of faith and the turning away and denying it, uh, as we think about that, we, we need to remember that there is something about the, the, as we remain in Christ, we remain with those who remain in Christ, that those who are staying, we stay together. And when you, when you, if you find yourself tempted to be just kind of be off on your own, you know, in, in some senses, in that you're turning away too. That there's there's something about uh, John writing this where he says they went out from us and they were not one of us. If they'd been one of us, they would have continued with us. And if you find yourself not continuing with, you got to ask yourself why. Maybe it is because you find out maybe the people you're with maybe they are teaching a false gospel. Maybe you yeah, are, right. and that would be a reason to leave. But but. This isn't the case, obviously, here. And so um, 
to to continue with Christ is to continue with His body. Right. You know, and and so I think that's very important. That's, that's here. good. Now that what that does is that sparks a uh, thought to me that um, it's important for us not to misunderstand something um, that John is saying here, and that's how uh, our relationship with God is not the result of obedience. Right. Right. But that our relationship with God works its way out through obedience, right? It's the yes. fruit. It's, it's, it's the it's fruit a, of. It's, it's the James thing, right? Which it is. is. It's the grace and the, and the work and, it's, it's and the, the faith. It's the conversation we had back in chapter two about, about keeping his commandments. What does it mean to keep? It's, it's, the, it's the duty that comes from a, a relationship you've already entered into. It, you know, it's, it's the keeping of the vow, but that, that's not meriting anything. That did the the keeping doesn't merit anything. It just is evidence that you truly are in a loyal, loving relationship with God. Right. Right. Yeah. And, a... and, and which means sometimes you got to put up with other people who are in loving, loyal relationship with him. <laughs> right? Exactly. So, um, but I, I I just I was I was impacted by the that 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 us inclusion. It's talking about fellowship with us. It's just fellowship of the Father. Oh, that's and so, great. So that that's. Um, and that's an important thing too. That that when, then too, as those of us who who do teach and lead, that one of our jobs then too is to expose error. That that's one of the 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 jobs of of overseers, of of pastors to shepherd the flock. And when when we take on that job, and so of of teaching and and discipling. And so if if you're discipling someone, we you, we've got to work on that. And John is modeling that for us here. He's not afraid to address the conflict that's there, the error that is there, and, and to call people back to, to Jesus. And so often when I when when um, counseling or talking with someone who's struggling and maybe they're struggling with sin or and maybe they're or they're doubting things, I always say, what's what's the best way to bring people back or, or to call people back is just to preach the gospel again and just ask once again do you confess Jesus or don't you? And and often they will say, well, yeah, I do. And so we're like, well, then then why don't you trust what he's telling you? You know, that that's the thing is is I can't just come. I can't if if I for, if I don't relate it back to the gospel, then I'm just going to be preaching a legalistic religion to people. You know, stop sleeping with that other woman. You know, because it's the wrong thing to do. Right. Well, no, stop sleeping with that other woman because you belong to Jesus. Right. And if Jesus is your way, then you follow him. It's not about me telling you what you're doing right or wrong. It's about are you loyal to your Savior? I was just expressing this um, yesterday, in fact, at a lunch with a friend about uh, when people are expressing that their life is stressful or they don't know where it's going and they're believers, mm-hmm. friends of believers. I I tend to, you know, listen with open ears and compassion, right. but I also do not waste much time in saying, listen, what are the promises of God in this, yes. right? Does he not promise that all good things work out together for those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose? If that's true, you know, then that's something that we can focus on. That means that even if you're going through a bad time right now, you almost could praise him for it because it's going to work out for your better. You're being refined right. as his... You know, and, and also he, he also says, you know what, come to me, all you who are burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
where does our rest lie? You know, does yeah. and all the other things that you can talk about. Doesn't he care more about you than the lilies of the field right. and the you know all of the uh, amazing promises of God that we get stuck sometime in focusing on right. this number one that I'm pointing to myself <laughs> yeah. right now, right? Instead of the, the true number one, right. and that right. has a lot to do yeah. with this with this passage. It does, and so one thing as it comes to like bearing witness, and we were talking about evangelism, is that. We have to, even as Christians, we witness to one another, we, you know, to help encourage our faith. But we often, because we can't look directly into men's hearts too, there's, there's a lot of people who hang around and call themselves Christians who are part of the, who are part of the visible body, maybe not, the, you know, we talk about the, the visible church and the invisible church. Um, we don't always know. You know, we might have somebody who's stood up, you know, 10 years ago and confessed Jesus and was baptized and they, they're still kind of hanging around. They're still here, but man, their life's really struggling. And you never know when they're really here when they're really being called to Christ for the first time. Right. And so we always need to bear witness. And, and sometimes it's just an encouragement to, to bring people back to what they already know. But sometimes it is truly this person just was, was, you know, trying to fit in, but hadn't really come to saving faith. And so, we we should never be ashamed to bear witness. That's you know? right. Yeah. And so, um, so then you know one other thing uh, that we touched on. I just want to kind of close with this is is um, as it relates to evangelism, as it relates to witnessing. Um, one thing that is good to do. We have to know how to speak the truth in love. We have to knew, to do all this with gentleness and respect, but. We have to be able to clarify and distinguish the difference between Jesus and every other religion in the world. We, we need to be able to distinguish between it's the Son who brings us to the Father and He alone. And the, and the Father, as the, the Son knows, is different than what Muhammad knew. It's different than what Gandhi knew. It's, it's, it's different than what, um, you know— is 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 taught in by any other many world religions who would say, "Oh, we believe in one God," you know? No, we Jesus is is making it clear. He who knows the Father knows the Son, and we can't shy away from that if we want to speak truth and and really give the good news. We can't proclaim good news if we don't proclaim what's good about it. Right. Well, part of the gospel message is not only that Jesus came, that he died for our sins and he was buried, and on the third day he rose again, and then he ascended to the throne. But then the rest of that message is that he is coming again. This is Jesus Christ who is mm-hmm. coming again at the end of time. And that is part of that whole truth. And that's what it talks about here in our last couple of verses, 28 and 29. Right. Ex- exactly. And so... Um, go ahead and go ahead and read those for us. And um, was, we didn't read them, but we'll, just a way to kind of wrap us up, and we might as we sure. as we go into okay. chapter three next week. Absolutely. So. And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of Him. All right. Well, we will unpack that a little bit more next time, but you, we definitely see how it relates back into uh, what we've talked about. The, the key is, is that 
remaining in him mm-hmm. and, and abiding in Jesus. And so we encourage I would encourage you too that one of the things as we close here that helps with that, that that keeps us encouraged that is taking that time. It goes back to I think in we did a session on this between one of our seasons about just spending time with the Lord, kind of that devotion time. You know, it's it's like it's when Jesus would go off to the to spend time with the Father, right? It's so critical because just in that vine branch analogy, yeah. the way that we get our sustenance is not only with the Spirit living in us, but by His Holy Word right. and through prayer, right? And so if if you as a branch want to resemble what that vine is, right. you have to be getting your sustenance from that right. vine. The, the vine, you know, feeds that with nutrients and um, the water of life, right? And it's out of that 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 we will practice (laughs) this righteousness that it's talked about. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to uh, having you be back with me, discuss next time, getting into chapter three and unpacking some more of this. Sounds good. See you next time. Have a good day. Don't miss our next session as we discuss what our true hope in Christ is really about. That is his glorious appearing. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.